0: What's going on everybody and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Wednesday, September the 21st in the year 2022. Guys, we're coming here day behind. We had some unforeseen circumstances yesterday that none of us could have predicted or foreseen coming at us. But uh, we're back. We're in the studio today. We're going to try to cram a lot into one little episode here. Still was gonna make sure we got an episode out to y'all. Football season's in; we're not gonna miss you a week. We're gonna get something out every week. With that being said, as always, I am your host Ben. I'm joined here with my co-host, Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? How is your week going? Hopefully, better than mine. <laughs> That's true.
1: But I tell you what, man. With all the circumstances going on.
0: It's lined up to be a good weekend Well it most certainly is I mean hell starting tomorrow night We got mm-hmm. football tomorrow night y'all We got football Friday night Saturday night And if you're going to watch the NFL You got it on Sunday and Monday too
1: I mean hell you got two games coming on tomorrow
0: Hell yeah, right You got college ball and you got the NFL Yeah but I mean let's be honest College ball is where it's at
1: Yeah I agree Even though I'm a Steelers fan They play in
0: yeah, yeah. Hopefully they play better than they did this past week. You ain't kidding. But, uh, guys, we had, we're coming out of a weekend with a lot of good football. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Some very good football, and then on some other areas, some very bad football. So, got a lot of things to discuss. Some ups, downs, a little bit of a roller coaster. But this coming weekend, I mean, it's going to be a bar burner. Oh, yeah. There's nothing but good football all weekend long. Some great matchups this upcoming weekend, and I am ecstatic about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, man. I mean, in both the SEC and the ACC, man, I mean, the time slots for every game this week, you're going to have something good on to watch no matter <clears throat> which league you pull
0: for. That's exactly right. But one thing's for sure, this past weekend, we had a few games we did not quite foresee coming. We didn't see them, some of them being as bad as they were. Didn't see some teams losing. Mm-hmm. Didn't see some teams winning the way they did. Well, know. know. it. So uh, let's go ahead and discuss a couple of them games real quick. Oh, absolutely, man. You want to start with the ugly or you want to
1: start with the surprise?
0: Why don't we start with the surprise?
1: All right. We'll start off with that surprise game, Miami versus Texas A&M.
0: It was ugly for one, a surprise for the other.
1: Yeah, it really was, man. I mean, this game all the way around was built up to be, is Texas A&M going to be able to rebound? Is Miami back? I mean, you just really couldn't tell going into this game, man. I I was ecstatic for it, but then kickoff came.
0: Yeah, absolutely it, it. was kind of a letdown, honestly. I was I spent the whole day looking forward to this Miami game, especially after the Carolina game in the afternoon. I was like, Good God. We got football tonight, something's gonna help this. But uh Yeah.
1: I was about half a bottle in at that point.
0: Yeah, you ain't the only one. <laughs> but uh I was really looking forward to seeing Miami compete and really go out there and put on a good show. And I mean, don't get me wrong, all in all they played a hell of a game. It was close. That's, that's probably the closest game they played against a nationally ranked SEC team in quite some time.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you lose the game 17-9. to I mean,
0: it's... I think that's one score. Yeah. But it had a muff punt right in the very beginning of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That muff punt missed field goals. Miss field goals. The muff pump set them up for their first scoring drive right off the rip. Yeah. You don't get no better than that. No. I mean, hell, if you just correct that one little issue, you're doing good. But then on top of that, Tyler Van Dyke did not play his best game.
1: Oh no, not at all. Not at all. The thing about Tyler Van Dyke that I saw in this game <laughs> that I haven't really seen in much of the others is he likes to stare down the wide receivers before he gets the ball off?
0: Not always. Sometimes he does. I mean, I think more all in all, I think he just had an off night. This is one of the premier quarterbacks in college football coming into the season. But let's just be honest, man. I mean, this year was supposed to be the year of the quarterback Mm -hmm. in the ACC. Mm -hmm. And so far, all the guys that everybody was watching – waiting for a real breakout year, go crazy, and get ready for the NFL draft kind of season. So far, they've all underwhelmed. I mean, Van Dyke has not played his best football. Sam Harmon, in all fairness, kind of rushed back. But uh, through two games, he has not looked his best. Devin Leary, I mean, we're still looking around trying to find that guy. I can't find him nowhere. Right. And Brennan Armstrong, I don't – have you seen him? Where's he at?
1: Brendan Armstrong, man. I, last time I saw him, they had his picture on a milk carton.
0: I'm trying you, he disappeared. Yeah. And then up there in Boston College, Phil Jerkovic. Come. Yeah. As as this just ha- guys are having a extremely underwhelming year start year off. But then you got guys who nobody seen coming. So far, lighting it up. Garrett Schrader up there in Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Having a great season so far, and then on top of him, you got the quarterback right there at uh, right there at Duke. What's his name? Riley Leonard. Yeah, having a great season so far in the North Carolina. Right, man. Having a sensational oh, yeah. start to the season. Oh yeah. So it's just it's been really underwhelming for the stars, and got some new guys breaking on the horizon. But back to the original subject <laughs> in Miami. I mean the. Uh, see a squirrel and run off there, but uh, (laughs) yeah, Van Dyke, he didn't play his best football. Hopefully they can tighten it up. It just, it it wasn't the best game for Miami out there. They contended, they stayed in the game, they competed their asses off. It was just little mistakes, man. I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can definitely see the heart in these Miami players. I mean, they
0: fought with a lot of heart, which is Something that Cristobal wanted to bring back to the U? I'm about to say, I mean, they they played harder last night than I've seen a Miami team play in a long time.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Because before, Miami would have gave up fourth quarter if they were losing.
0: If not before them.
1: Yeah. The thing that they're going to have to work on that I saw is they did have some poor tackling. you got to have to wrap up. You can't arm tackle. You can't make a hit and not – Wrap up and bring it down because they, I mean, the kids these days are, you know, big enough to where they're able to bounce off that hit. You're going to have to wrap up and bring it to the ground.
0: No, absolutely. I agree with that. But also, you just, little small mistakes, man. I mean, special teams, muff, turnover. That's a big deal. Van Dyke being off on numerous passes with wide open receivers, or the just, receivers that had stone hands. I'm about to say, and then there's some receivers that hit dead in the hands, drop passes. But then also, I mean, at the same time, the coaching, they didn't have the best night. I mean, you look at them on the offensive side. In all honesty, when you ran the ball, your offensive line was opening gaps for you, and they were running the ball pretty damn efficiently. And you got down a score and it just kinda set in a panic mode and never really got back to that the way you wanted to. I'll be honest, I feel like if Miami would have stuck to their guns What they came in the game planning on If they'd stuck with that all the way through We'd probably be discussing a different outcome Yeah But then again, in all fairness You gotta tip your hat To Texas A&M's defense
1: And that crowd Oh man, The 12th man
0: The 12th man, without a doubt Especially after last week's fiasco (laughs) Yeah I figured the 12th man would have went into hiding But no, they was out there loud and proud out there at the very beginning
1: stayed all the way through just as loud as could be, man. I mean, it was definitely...
0: Absolutely, and I mean, when you're a Miami team, well, let's just be honest, you're not used to going in front of crowds like that.
1: Yeah. So... But let's talk a little bit about the bright side of what Miami was able to do. Jalen Knighton and Henry Parrish both had over 75 yards rushing, averaged 4.9 yards per carry for both of them.
0: That's exactly what I was saying a minute ago. If they'd have stuck with the Russian game, they could have grinded this thing right on out, and very easily, I'd say, walked away with this game with a victory, with a a W.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Miami is also going to have to clean up some stupid penalties, some of the offsides that they had. You know, some of the
0: false starts.
1: False starts. I mean, and of course, you know, there was a couple of uh, pass interferences that they had too. That.
0: You know, really was uncalled for. Yeah, they... It it wasn't a good night in general for Miami. They played their asses off. I mean, me saying this is a bad night for Miami, that tells you how much faith I have in this team, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because I think this team really does have potential. I think they're only going to get better under Crystal Ball. I do,
1: too.
0: I think they still have a bright season ahead of them this year. But...
1: I do think that this Texas A&M game might have been the wake-up call at the meeting.
0: Absolutely. Now, on the other side of things, this game makes me even more concerned for Texas A&M than I was before. Right. I mean, I just, I don't know what to think with them. I thought almost losing to an FCS school would have woke them up. It didn't. (laughs) I thought losing to Appalachian State, I said, Oh, that's gonna be the slap in the face they needed. And then they came out in this game here, and I mean the crowd was a huge factor. The defense played pretty well for the most part of the evening. But their offense where's it at?
1: Yeah, well let's just be honest. I mean, Max Johnson was still trying to knock the dust off. I mean, you gotta think he hasn't played ball since last season.
0: I get that, but at the same time, does he not practice? I
1: mean, yeah, there's a
0: difference, though, between
1: practicing and taking live bullets.
0: Yeah. I reckon, by I me mean, hell, three weeks ago, everybody was doing that for the first time. Yeah, true. I just, I'm not going to tell you it's Max Johnson's fault. I'm not going to say it was Haynes King's fault the last couple weeks. Because, in all reality, two different quarterbacks, I've seen the same exact offense out there. Yeah. Just not moving the ball very well at all. Struggling, extremely inconsistent. The play calling was very questionable. If you're Texas A&M, I mean, I can't help but wonder, like, where do you go from here? I mean, you got to win, but at the same time, after coming off a loss to Appalachian State – Is this really a win? Because, yeah, you, you beat a number, I think it's 13. That's what Miami was ranked going into this game. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, you beat a top 15 team in the nation. That's great. But at the same time, the top 15 team in the nation, number 13, played like crap. Yeah. And you still couldn't pull away with it. I mean, how many times did Miami really – hand you this game and you still couldn't do nothing with it to pull away from it with it.
1: No, definitely, definitely. And I mean you can go ahead and you know say Miami's defense is really what kept him in the game as well. But your Texas A M, you should have one of the best, if not the best offense in the league, to compete with teams like Alabama, Arkansas. You've got to be able to score, man. You know, I'm not saying that ACC is the the lesser conference, but let's be real here. You're getting better talent in than what the ACC is.
0: I can agree with that. I can agree with that 100%. You just came off of the number one recruiting class in the nation. Yeah. You just, I don't know, they're, they're not. Miami should have won this game. They should have, and they didn't. And shame on them for that.
1: Yeah. I will say, though, there was a bright spot on this Texas AM offense for me, and that was wide receiver number zero, a nice miss. That joker, he's a good physical receiver. Fights for extra yards every time he gets the ball in his hands. And just a big guy out there, a big target for Max Johnson. Whoever's going to play quarterback back there.
0: Yeah, but Texas A&M's got talent. They got probably, i say top five, most talented team – in the nation, honestly. Yeah. I mean, on re- on re- realistically, on paper, they should be competing to dethrone Bama for the West this year. And I mean, it still could, it still could happen. But right now, it's just, it's not, it's not looking good. It's not looking right. It's not looking healthy. And I just don't know what the hell to think about this team.
1: I really don't either. I really don't either. I mean, you lose. Your defensive coordinator goes on to be a head coach at another school. You've got to replace a couple of things right here. I mean, it's it's
0: and defense still is elite.
1: Yeah, but every year it's like working on an engine. If your spark plugs aren't right, your timing's not in sync, that engine's gonna run shitty. Yep. Yeah. And it's just it takes tweaks. And you gotta you gotta be good enough to know where to tweak and where to fix and to get that thing purring like a kitten.
0: That's like exactly right, you gotta get it all fine tuned. And it's just right now it's running rough, it's skipping. Oh yeah, it's skipping major. <laughs> but uh not
1: even really out on all that well.
0: No. But anyways, <laughs> on to our next game.
1: The ugly game.
0: Yes, this game hurt me. It hurt my soul. It really hurt my soul. It made me drink a little too much. I can agree with that.
1: (laughs) South Carolina versus Alabama.
0: It wasn't Alabama.
1: Or not Alabama, excuse me, Georgia. I don't know what the hell I was thinking.
0: I mean, it felt like Alabama. Jesus. But Georgia
1: proved that they are, without a doubt, the number one team in the nation. I mean, they they did what they set out to do. They made you play all over the field,
0: got the ball to whoever they wanted to, and then what a the
1: damn thing South Carolina could do about it.
0: No, they, they literally came in with wins price. Smacked South Carolina in the mouth, took food off the table, and said, do something about it, took and, had, and had their way with them. And took their wives off. I mean...
1: I don't even know where to start here. South Carolina's offense had their bright spots on occasions, but more of – stagnant. What the hell's going on? More of what the hell's going on here. I mean, look at that first drive. You're third and – third and six? Yeah. Third and seven? Third and six. You bring in Dak Joyner at the wildback quarterback. Wildcat quarterback, excuse me. Wild (laughs) bat. Batman. Batman, is that you? (laughs) But he comes in and does what? Everybody knows he's going to do in the stadium, and that's run the football for four yards.
0: Yeah, I don't – I didn't understand that any whatsoever. It annoyed me even more because – then this week at the press conference, you hear the O.C. say, oh, by the way, everybody, uh, that play with Jordan, that was a run-pass option. It was an RPO play. Why why, why would you even – nobody asked about it. So why would you throw it out there, trying to cover your own ass?
1: That's absolutely what was going on there. And I'm sorry, but if it
0: was a RPO – I mean hell it could be on joiner, it could be. But to me, he took off mightily fast when he got that ball when he took the snap. Oh yeah. I mean it didn't even look like he was trying
1: to read the offense, it just looked like he faked and then just took off. Yeah. There was no hesitation.
0: Well that looked more like a quarterback draw than me personally. Mm-hmm. Because I also noticed, if you look at the film on that play, you see the receivers, you don't see them take off like the runner out. They take off and go straight to the defender like you're trying to throw a block. Yeah. But, hey, I mean, what do I know? That's just what the film shows. Yeah. But very questionable call to start a game. I'm sorry, but if Spencer Radler's your guy, if he's the chosen one that's going to take you to the promised land, all these things, you're on the first drive of this game, the first big down, the first money down of the game, on your For your offense, third down, and you pull them. And you put in a guy that missed your first two games of the year. Yep. So he's been injured, so he ain't been practicing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think, cause he hasn't been playing. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to be rusty. Yep. And you're just going to throw him out in there and, oh, hey, try to run this upfield. And then you don't ever see that package again the rest of the game. You don't ever see that. And, I mean, I can see if you say, well, we're just trying to keep the defense on us so and slow them down with the blitzes and keep them off balance. I can see that if you run that package numerous times. And not on third down and long. But you ran it once. And you never went back to it the rest of the game. And like, like you said, it's third and long. If all you're trying to do is slow down defense, the objective of that play is not to get the first down, more so it's to keep the defense honest.
1: And I also get that Beamer also said in his press conference that it was, they're going four, you know, four down territory. They're going to go for it on fourth down. But still yet, why do you take the ball out of your five-star quarterback's hands that's supposed to be the savior of the program?
0: Yeah, it just really honestly, it drives me insane a little bit with this whole situation. Cause I, 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 I like I like Jordan. I think he's a great kid, mm-hmm. great mindset, great athlete. Couldn't ask for no better of a person. I don't think you could. No, I don't think you could ask for any better of a player from him. He's proven time and time again that he can be elite level talent. But at some point. You're going to, to say, okay, Spence Rattler, either you're the chosen one going to take us to the next land or quit flirting around with Joiner and see what he can do. Make change. Make numerous attempts throughout the game. and Make an actual real package. Don't say, oh, we got a package and we were practicing this all season. A package for one damn play a game? Right. I mean, one wildcat run? That don't make any sense at all. And on top of that, you sent him out there against Will Muschamp, <laughs> the man that recruited him, the man he played for, who used to use him in the Wildcat mm-hmm. all the time. That was a defensive coordinator. You just ran him out on the field to do a Wildcat on. I mean, why wouldn't you try throwing the ball? Muschamp him never let him play quarterback. Supposedly he didn't have the elite arm talent to do it. Seems like a great time to throw a ball down the field to me. That's what I was just about to say. I mean, once again, I'm not a college coach. Not going to claim to be. Not going to sound smarter than these guys. But at the same time, I'm going to call spade a spade. And if this shit don't make sense, excuse my language, I'm going to say it don't make sense. And this makes no sense at all to me. Well, if you go back and watch the film, once they see Joiner's back at quarterback, what do those linebackers do—they're cheating up. They all bump up. Yeah. They bump up. You see the damn safety bump up. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, even when the snap's taken, if you sit there and you watch about the first four steps to the right wide receivers, the corners don't even look at the receivers. The receivers got good blocks on them mm-hmm. because the corners had their heads turned watching Joyner to right. see where he was going to run. Right. Like,
1: Don't make no damn sense. Excuse my language.
0: It's just... There's no consistency here no. at all. Rattler's the chosen one. He's going to take us to the next level. Well, why in the biggest game of your season against the toughest team you're going to face the entire season mm-hmm. on the first drive on crunch time? Very critical play to set the tone. You take the ball out of his hands and you put it in your so-called gadget player's hands. Right. And once again, I'm not knocking joiner. <laughs> I'm not doing it because, I mean, we all seen Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah. The kid did great. He's got the talent. Jordan's a hell of an athlete. But if you're going to make a package for the kid, then let's see the damn package. Let's make the defense afraid of him. Let's make the defense stay mm-hmm. on us.
1: Absolutely 100% correct, bro. And I don't want to hear how a lot of people are saying, That this offensive line was blocking real shady this time around. That just if you watch the plays, man, there was a pocket formed most of the time until they blitzed, you know, somebody up the gut. Five men can't block six. I don't care how good you are. But Rattler just floating back, keeps running back, 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 and gets into that rush.
0: Exactly. He never really set his feet the whole game. He was throwing off the wrong foot numerous times. Made some really, really bad decisions like that throw with Juju McDowell trying to do a back shoulder. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible, terrible textbook, what you don't do Right. kind of throw. But it's like you said, where all the pressure was coming from the defense was on the outside edge. And even then, it was not actually coming into the pocket. He literally was backing so far out the pocket to where the defensive ends. I mean, it was a foot race Mm -hmm. to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. The tackles were keeping them from coming inside, but they didn't have to come inside. All they had to do was run straight. Yep. About eight, nine yards, and they're there. Yep. I mean, you got to set your feet, and you got to step up in the pocket. If he would have stepped up in the pocket, he'd have had a lot more time to throw the ball, he also created gaps because the defensive ends were blowing up field so damn fast. There was tons of room on either edge if you want to try to take off and get a scramble real quick, pick up a few yards. And that's... It disturbs me because you never know. It could be coaching. You don't know exactly where that's coming from. But it's not a good look. No, not at all. It looks like someone that doesn't want to take a hit, yeah, exactly. in, all, in all honesty. Exactly. Do I think Spencer Rattler is talented? Absolutely. Without a doubt. He's probably got top five in the nation as far as arm talent goes. He can sling the hell out of the ball. But football is just as much mental as it is physical.
1: Say it for the people in the back.
0: And it's also a game of trust. You have to trust your other uh, 10 teammates on the field with you to do their jobs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Focus on doing your job. Don't worry about them. Right. You're going to get hit. This is SEC college football. This is big boy football. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hit. They're mm-hmm. going to take shots. It's going to hurt. That's going to suck. But the juice is worth the squeeze. Absolutely. If you can withstand the storm. Absolutely. And it's just... Extremely frustrating. The play calling was extremely frustrating. I mean, you're moving the ball, running very well. Offensive line did a great job opening up some gaps for running backs to get through. But that's another thing that drove me crazy too,
1: man, is the running backs would get to the gap, but it just seemed like they were too hesitant. They wouldn't go on full speed into the gap. They were giving players time to get shoelace tackles. Or,
0: you know, they're just trying to create more than what they needed to. I agree, I agree. But I think that's – Honestly, a big majority of football nowadays, in general, it's not the old three yards in a cloud of dust mentality that we grew up watching. Nowadays, all these guys, is, they all see the Saquon Barkleys, the Jonathan Stewarts. You don't see a whole lot of Leonard Fournette guys out there anymore. if you say, "Let me just lower this shoulder and blow through here."
1: Right, the Jerome of old.
0: Yeah, it's just really ugly game. Another issue I have with South Carolina i to be sound like a broken record probably but uh, <laughs> another issue I took with South Carolina another area is you've been struggling running the ball all season
1: mm-hmm.
0: it took me a couple weeks to really figure this out and narrow it down so I really paid attention you struggled running the ball all season this game here you ran a little fairly well but you still had it still had its limits for sure right Why is it when I watch Georgia run the football, Georgia runs seven linemen up front, two tight ends, five down linemen. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They utilized their tight ends in the Russian game. They made sure to utilize, I'm going to say that again for y'all. They utilized their tight ends to help their Russian game.
1: Even in even in the passing formations, going down the field, they would still get chips on the linebackers to help create blocks. I mean, Georgia, picture perfect how you want to use your tight ends when it comes to helping with helping block.
0: Exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong now. They got Brock Bowers, Dono Washington, Oscar Delt. They got some studs. But South Carolina also has two top ten nation tight ends, Jaheim Bell and also Stalker. Mm-hmm. Not connecting the coaches, son. No, but I'm saying they got two Yeah. this top ten in the country.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, potential first-round NFL picks. Right. At least first two rounds. And you're not using them hardly at all in the rushing game. Most of your running plays, you had six run- six blocks. A lot of them, you only had five. Yeah. A good, good portion of them, you only had five down line. Yeah.
1: You're putting your tight ends over in –
0: Slot position. Slot
1: positions, yeah.
0: And, I mean, it's just as hard to play a stack defense like Georgia ran. You're not going to take five guys and block seven, block six.
1: Absolutely not. If you go back and watch the film, too, you'll see
0: Georgia getting six or seven people in the box. And that's a big issue with the South Carolina rushing game. I was trying to figure out because I said, it can't be the line completely. It can't. This is the same line in 2020 that made Kevin Harris the SEC's leading rusher. Mm-hmm. I think the number two running back in the nation, the yep. number three at the end of the season. Two or three at the end, I think. I mean, had a insane year with only 10 games, by the way, y'all. Yeah. Only 10 games, not 12, 10. Right. But in 2020, Mike Bobo's scheme, you know what you had? You had a tight end on the line helping, and you had a fullback. Yep. You had seven guys blocking. Yep. Blocking in the box every play. You go from seven to five, that's two less bodies.
1: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You're leaving free people every play.
1: Yep. Like I said, five guys can't block six, can't block seven when you're
0: blitzing. And if you're playing a team that's very blitz happy, Running an empty backfield probably ain't your best idea in the world. Unless you want to kill your quarterback. If you could sling the ball out there quick. Slants or something. Yeah, maybe. To wear the defense down. But the simple truth was, we couldn't. Uh That wasn't an option. Also, you got Christian Bill Smith on the sideline on R- pass B- pro B- plays, but yet you got Marshawn Lloyd and Juju McDowell, which don't be wrong. Both of those guys think they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Love them, love them. Don't want you pass protecting me.
1: <laughs> Christian Bill Smith is arguably the best pass blocking running back on this team,
0: without a doubt.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't believe me? Go last year and watch some of the stuff that he did at Wake Forest.
0: Well, I mean, you just look at the size difference, man. Mm-hmm. He's a whole different animal compared to the other two guys, which is probably why the other two guys are a bit more explosive than everything else in your rushing game. Right. But there's just too many inconsistencies, way too many inconsistencies. This offense, to me, has no identity whatsoever. I don't know if you want to throw over the top. I don't know if you <laughs> want to throw in the flats. I don't know if you want to run the ball. I have no idea what in the hell – the identity of this offense is, besides stagnant. Just out of
1: the three weeks alone, man, how many screens to the flats have you seen?
0: Too many. Way too many. And I get that. You say, well, you're trying to make the defense run sideline to sideline. You're trying to wear them down. I get that. I get that. But you gotta get some yards. You gotta get first downs, you gotta move the chains. If you're going three and out, it don't matter what the hell you're doing. One thing I haven't seen yet.
1: It's much down the middle. They're trying to work the sidelines. They they haven't really put anything over the middle yet.
0: No, they did in the Arkansas game. Juice Wells made a few nice plays over the middle. Jalen Brooks had a couple of over the middle. But still, where was that at this week? It's inconsistent. Then you got receivers coming out on public platforms <laughs> mentioning, oh, I don't know what's going on. We ran a play that we hadn't even practiced in three weeks. Yeah. Players questioning coaches. Not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. So, something's got to be done. I don't know what's got to be done. Don't get me wrong. I have 100% trust in Shane Mueller. His choices. Whatever he decides to do, I support him 100%. Because let's be honest, he's the head coach of a college football team. I'm just average Joe over here on the podcast. Yep. Call us us the Monday
1: morning quarterbacks, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Armchair coaches. I mean, I played the game a lot in my life. I have a very good understanding for the game. I have a very good grasp of what I see on film. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm smarter than any of these guys because, hey, they got the job. I don't. It's like that for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time. If I'm just an average Joe and I can break this shit, this stuff down, what do you think these defensive coordinators are doing? Yep. So, just very pretty. On the flip side of things, Georgia, Brock Bowers is going to be top 10 pick in the damn draft. Oh, absolutely. Man. Maybe even top 5. Yeah. That kid's absolute. Animal, he's on a whole different level than everybody else. This whole Georgia team is just sensational. And as hard as it is for me to say this, I almost think they're better this year than they were last year. I think they really are.
1: I've seen a lot. And this defense just even seems to be more physical than what it was last year.
0: It really does. (laughs) It really does, but also – I mean, you got to think. Honestly, at the end of the season, when Munchchamp became the co-defensive coordinator. There was a difference. I mean, they lost to Bama in the SEC championship pretty badly. Mm-hmm. And then they turned around and embarrassed them
1: yep.
0: in the natty. Yep. They embarrassed Michigan. But is it just me, or
1: does it even see seem like the quarterback is just even – Ten times more improved than what he was in that national championship game.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, last year the kid was told he didn't belong; he was not a starter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He didn't carry the team to the natty in one damn thing. He knows he belongs now. Yep. Confidence is everything. Confidence is key. And I'll be honest; that's a perfect way to sum up that football game from quarterback play. Is confidence is key. Yep. You had a, you had a very confident quarterback on one side. And on the other side, you had a quarterback who was having a lot of confidence issues. Yep,
1: absolutely, man.
0: But that's going to wrap up the recaps for last week. We're on a little bit of a time limit this evening, so we can't break down every game like we would normally would and we would love to. Mm-hmm. So on to the upcoming week four.
1: Let's look at week four, man. Look at some of these games that we were talking about. I'm going to go ahead and start off with the uh, ACC for this week. On Thursday, September 22nd, 7.30 p.m. On ESPN, you've got West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. That is going to be a good game. Absolutely. On Friday, September 23rd, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on ESPN, Syracuse versus Virginia at home. That is going to be a great game as well. Oh, yeah. And then Saturday's games, twelve o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time: Clemson versus Wake Forest. I'd argue this should be an eight o'clock game, but who am I to judge? Uh, you've got Duke and Kansas, US, USF and Louisville, Rhode Island and Pitt, all at twelve o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time. And then you have Notre Dame versus North Carolina at three thirty. Another good game to watch. Middle Tennessee at Miami at three thirty. Georgia Tech UCF at 4, UConn at NC State at 7.30, and then it finishes up at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when Boston College goes to Florida State on the ACC network.
0: Love it. Love it, love it, love it.
1: Anything you'd like to add on before I go over to the uh, SEC?
0: Yeah, why don't we go ahead and point out our four games of watching this ACC real quick. All right. You want to start it out? Yeah, yeah. My first game to watch, of course, is going to be Thursday night. West Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been a tough team to watch Mm -hmm. up to this point. Mm -hmm. It's polar opposites. It's Jekyll and Hyde over there. Yeah. You got greatness on one side of football, and you got disaster on the other. But that's a big reason why I'm trying to watch this game because I'll be honest, I think this West Virginia game is going to be a very pivotal point in your season. It's going to dictate how the rest of this year could go. And I just got to be honest. After last week's game with Wofford, I have more questions about Virginia Tech than I did before that game. Yeah. So, that's my number one game to watch starting off on Thursday night, Friday night. It's going to be my second game, the Virginia Syracuse game. Mostly, I'm just watching this one here because very similar to Virginia Tech. I'm watching this game to see, is Virginia finally going to get the ball rolling? Tony Elliott's supposed to be an offensive guru, one of the best offensive minds ACC seen in the better half of the last decade. And so far, it just hasn't showed up. So I'm really looking to see if Virginia can finally wake up and start putting things together because this was not a rebuild program. This is a program that won, what, seven games last year, eight games? Something like that, yeah. But had one of, if not the best offense in the nation last year, and so far this year it's been one of the worst.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Syracuse is in this game. I'm also keeping an eye on them. I'm looking to see if they can keep up this dominant rushing attack they've had throughout the year. But on top of that, is Garrett Schrader going to continue to ascend to the next level like he has the last couple of weeks? So that's going to be a very interesting matchup for me. Yeah. My third game to watch is going to be that afternoon game, Clemson-Wake Force. The biggest reason I'm watching this one, I mean, let's be honest, guys, it's number five in the nation versus number 21. It's ACC on ACC competition. This could be a big shakeup and a determining factor in who could play for an ACC championship later in the year. And it's going to be a big test for both teams. Yeah. We're going to see if Wake Forest defense can finally get it together a little bit. They looked kind of sloppy last week, but at the same time that Wake Forest offense did not have a very good game last week against Liberty. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see if Sam Hartman can finally settle back into where he's supposed to be and, Get the ball rolling and pick up where he left off last year. Right. On the other side of things, can Clemson's defense keep up with an elite offense like Wake Forest normally provides? Is Clemson's offense going to be able to stay on the field enough to give their defense a break? That's going to be a huge determining factor in who wins this game. Mm -hmm. Because if Clemson's offense comes out sleepwalking for the first two quarters, you can really put yourself in a hole and put yourself in a stroke
1: fast. Right.
0: So it's gonna be a very interesting game. And my last game of the week to watch, contrast to what you think, <laughs> is also a new game. Duke taking on Kansas. I find this game fascinating, and I can't believe I'm saying this because it's Duke. Right. But Mike Elko's got the Blue Devils off to a 3-0 star. And I. it's very rare that you see a first-year coach come in and get a program and all the players to buy in the way they have so early in the year and come together the way they have so early in the year and just put it. such an impressive-looking product on the field. Have they played the toughest competition? Not completely. Northwestern's not a team you want to sleep on either, though. But, at the same time, Kansas been kicking ass all year. They really have, uncharacter- uncharacteristically for Kansas. And they've had a great rushing attack. Yeah. So, my question is, it's fascinating for me. I really want to see this game because I want to know, is Mike Elko's defense really going to stand up and match up with an offense to put on a sensational performance last week against a team that was ranked in the preseason top 25. Right. And is this Duke offense going to be able to run score on Kansas defense? Right. So it's going to be very, very interesting for me. That's my four games. What you got? Uh,
1: Pretty similar to you. I have West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. I want to see Virginia Tech's defense take on this West Virginia offense that can be high-powered at times. I want to see if this Brent Pry defense can really step up and live up to what we've heard about Brent Pry coming in uh, as a defensive coach. Um, the second game, I've got the Virginia and Syracuse game as well. To me, the reason why this is interesting is because Syracuse has Virginia uh, Virginia's old offensive coordinator. And since they got that guy in and they have been dominating on offense – also, I, this Syracuse defense isn't half bad either, and I, I, I want to see what they can do versus this offense. And then I've got Clemson versus Wake Forest simply because, like you said, number five versus number 21 in the nation. I like this setup with a high powered offense versus a, a dominating defense. This is going to be one for the books. And then finally, my last game is Notre Dame versus North Carolina. Notre Dame, I want to see their defense versus this high-powered offense at North Carolina. Drake May, I want to see how he can do versus the Heat. And I just want to see if this kid can really live up to what I think can be just a great, great, great
0: career. Absolutely. I agree 110% with you. It's not a bad choice for a fourth game. Like, I'm better, but hey. <laughs> but uh, what you got for score predictions?
1: Score predictions, I'm going to take uh, – unlike you, I, I think Virginia Tech can actually pull out this win. I think the offense pulls it together. I've got Virginia Tech beating West Virginia
0: 23-17. Yeah, I do not have that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hokie fans. Listen, love Virginia Tech. Love school. Love the atmosphere. Love everything about it. But just offense... It's like pond water to me. <laughs> Stagnant. You got a great rushing attack. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to deny that. You got a good offensive line, great rush attack. Got two running backs in the backfield. Both of them look great. But you can't be one dimensional in this league. And in the passing offense, you just, I have not seen enough progress, enough consistency for me to buy into it.
1: Or enough confidence.
0: And the fact that you only hung, I think it was 27 points on Wofford and Wofford's not been having a good year this year guys they are not a good FCS team they are a lower level FCS team and all you can do is put 27 points on the board that's that's concerning to me and then on top of that I never got to see Jason Brown in that game. And the fact that you kept Grant Wells in all four quarters against Waffle, you had to leave your starters in the game. That's generally a game where you want your starters to get a little bit of rest, rest up for the next week, get their minds, get their minds right and everything else. So, one, your starters didn't get much rest, but two, leaving your starting quarterback in for that whole entire game also shows me that there's questions in the staff with trust with the quarterback. And it just it doesn't add up good to me. I think the defense will keep it fairly close. But I got West Virginia taking this from 24, Virginia Tech 13.
1: Not far off, just reversed a little bit. I like it, though. I like it. I think, to me, I think this is the week that Grant Wells turns it around. I think that Brett probably have a good game plan coming into this game. I like Virginia Tech's defense over West Virginia's offense. They keep it close, but I think ultimately in the end,
0: I think a defensive score wins the game for Virginia Tech. Okay. Well, I reckon we shall see on that. All right, on to the next game. What you got Friday night? Friday night,
1: Virginia versus Syracuse. I am sold on the Syracuse team, man. I like their offense. They're explosive. The defense man is dominating. Man, what else can I say? I like Syracuse to win forty-two to twenty-seven over Virginia.
0: I like it. I like that score a lot. We're pretty damn close again on the score. I think Syracuse is going to hold a little less than that. Simple thing is, this Virginia offense has not played well. Brennan Armstrong. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's not. He's not in the same category he was last year. There's been some accuracy issues. There's been confusion with the receivers on route running, running the wrong routes. Your defense has not played very well. It's just it's not been a very good season for y'all.
1: They're just not in tune whatsoever.
0: And on the other hand, you got Syracuse, which is full steam ahead, hanging points. On everybody they've played this year. Last week, they struggled a little bit offensively. Purdue came in that game with a great game plan, I think, shut down the running game, put the game on Garrett Schrader's shoulders a little bit. And some people say, well, he showed some flashes of Garrett Schrader from last year. You might can say that, but what I seen was a quarterback that, when it mattered most, got a game winning touchdown with seven seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And put that thing away, I mean, sensational. Yeah. When That tells me that the light is not too bright for him. That's going to boost his confidence a ton, which is something I think he needed. I got Syracuse taking this one,
1: 35-17. I like it. I like it. Let's go on to the next. Clemson versus Wake Forest. High powered offense versus a dominating defense. To me, Clemson's offense, they're still struggling. They still have questions. Louis Yungalay, man, I mean, I don't know if he's gonna be able to to really get right or not, keeping you know, having to watch over his shoulder, having to worry. I mean, yes, Clemson's got a good running game, but you can't be one dimensional. Wake Forest defense, man, there was a lot of inconsistency in that defense last week. Um, A lot of stupid penalties. I've got Clemson taking this one 24 10.
0: Low score. Yes, sir. We're close again on the spread wise, but I got the points being a lot higher. Uh Like you said, Clemson dominated defense, one of the best defenses in the damn nation. Offense has been hit or miss. It all depends on what side of Angle wakes up on, <laughs> what side of Betty wakes up on that day. But also Wake Forest, man. I mean, last week against Liberty, and don't get me wrong, guys. Liberty is a—they're not a bad football team. They got a great head coach who gets the best out of his players, and they showed up and showed out. But Sam Hartman, I think he's still a little bit rusty. I think he missed a lot of practice time dealing with his health issues. And for good reason, very good reason. Yeah. But I think he's still a little bit rusty. He threw some turnovers last week, threw a couple picks, had some bad throws in there, some bad reads. So it's only going to get tougher this week. You know Clemson's going to dial up the pressure. Clemson's secondary is much improved from where it was a year ago. Yeah. I got this one being a little bit of a shootout, but I got Clemson taking it, 45, Wake Forest, 35. Uh, I like it. I like it. I really do like it. I mean,
1: it can end up in a shootout, uh, depending on, like you said, what what side of the bed that we wakes up on.
0: And, I mean, I think Wake Forest, their offense is going to come. Right roll on this one. I would not put it past them, sleepwalking a little bit, looking ahead last week, going against Liberty. Yeah. Looking ahead to this game and getting a slap in the face and it helps them some. Yeah. But I think you're gonna have turnovers and I just I think that's gonna be the difference, unfortunately.
1: I agree there. I agree there one hundred and ten percent.
0: Like you said, this secondary
1: is at least three or four times better than what they were last season, and they there ain't as much holes Out there is what they was Yeah, I just I think this Clemson defense is for real This season Like I said, I don't really much I'm not really too confident in the offense But we'll see how it goes On to the next I'm going to go with my fourth game Notre Dame at North Carolina Drake May To me is a star. I like him a lot. He's got a hell of an arm. He can get in and out of the pocket, run the ball when he has to. Notre Dame's defense, they're you know they're pretty good as well. I mean they they're a real physical defense. But North most of North Carolina's games have been shootout this year because that North Carolina defense just ain't really that good. I got North Carolina winning this game
0: though. 54 48 Damn it, man. That's a high scoring affair there. I can see it. I can see it. I like that. Um I don't know if I go quite that high. I'm gonna throw a squad account we did last week just for the hell of it. All right. I think North Carolina could take this game. But I think it would be more along the lines of a score. We'll say North Carolina 38. We'll give Notre Dame twenty-one. Alright. I like it. Drake Mays, high power, got a great arm, great, great, great high-speed offense. I would love to see Drake May sliding a lot more (laughs) instead of running, standing up. Yeah. Let's not pull an RG3 here, young man. All right, chill out. For real. You got your whole career ahead of you. But I agree with you 100%. He's a star in the making. Notre Dame. (laughs) They've gotten off to a rough start this year. There's not a whole lot of momentum. They did finally get the first win of the season last week. Mm-hmm. But I still just – I don't know. Notre Dame's just not hitting on all eight cylinders right now. Something's not right. So that would be my take on there. My fourth game, my fourth pick, though. All right. Duke picking on Kansas. This is going to be a close game. I really hope it is. Kansas loves running the ball. They're a very physical team. Running up the middle. Got a lot of speed. Made some great plays last week against Houston. They can put points on the board. Mm -hmm. And they can do it in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I mean, they was down 14-0 in that Houston game. And came back and dominated. Right. But... Mike Elko's defense this year, man, has been very, very, very good against the run. You're not going to move the ball very much on them running the ball. Right. Mike Elko's got a great defensive plan. They have played outstanding this year. They've had their moments where they kind of sleepwalk a little bit through a quarter or something. And I think to win this game here, you guys put four quarters together. No more taking your foot off the gas. You're going to have to hold the heat to it all the way through. Duke's offense, Riley Leonard, the two running back combo they got back going on back there. The quarterback, oh, my goodness, I can't think his name off the top of my head, but he uh, switched over to receiver. Mm-hmm. Been having a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Duke's going to put points on the board. They're going to move the ball. Oh, yeah. Very physical game, very close game. I got Duke taking this one. 28-24, and I got Duke going 4 oh. I like
1: it. I like that whole lot, man. To me, this is going to be a physical, physical game. This is going to be a Mike Elko style game. Line it up, and let's just run the ball Throw when we have to. Riley Leonard Great quarterback, that wide receiver you're talking about. Got a bright future. The two-headed monster back there, running back, man. Don't get no better than that.
0: Not to mention the offensive line.
1: Oh, the offensive line is – I wish South Carolina had that offensive line.
0: Hey, easy, not easy. (laughs) South Carolina's had a good – it ain't the line – no, it's not. All right, it is not the line.
1: No, it's not. I just had to throw that out there for all the fans that are talking about the line.
0: Oh, it makes my eye twitch every time <laughs> I go on the internet and see all these fans.
1: But no. Kansas, just watching a little bit of the game is what I did before we got into the studio. Looks like they've got a pretty decent running game as well. Didn't really get to see much of the offense. But I like Duke in this one, too. I'm going to take Duke winning this game. 32.
0: And I'm gonna take Kansas. 30, 32. How do you get 32? Well, I reckon you can kick a bunch of field goals. A Bunch of field goals. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna take Duke being 32, and I'm gonna take Kansas 23. Okay.
0: You got Duke winning a little better than me. Yeah. I I hope so. I would love to see this team go for. I like I said, I've never seen a team embrace. The new culture and just buy in. Embrace the grind. Yeah, embrace the grind. Exactly. Exactly what they've been stealing in these guys' heads since they got there. It just, man, this has been a fun team to watch. It really has. It
1: really has, man. It's been a fun
0: season with Duke
1: and also Syracuse, man, coming out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It really has. It really, really has. Both these programs are really rough. Oh, the Ashes. Hell, it's been fun watching Florida State. It really has. Driving me insane. Yeah. And in the very end of both games they've played so far well, two of the three games they played so far they just drove me slap insane. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, man, this is going to be a great weekend ahead of us. I don't know what else I want to add to this thing. Well, we still got to talk about the SEC. Oh, shh. Excuse yeah, <laughs> my language, my bad Alright, alright, alright Sorry about that, roll through that SEC schedule
1: Alright, SEC We got Bowling Green taking on Mississippi State At 12 o'clock noon on the SEC Network Missouri takes on Auburn At 12 o'clock noon on ESPN Kent State versus Georgia At 12 o'clock noon PM Eastern Standard Time Kent State may, may as well just stay on the bus Florida versus Tennessee, 3.30pm on CBS Tulsa versus Ole Miss, 4 o'clock p.m. on the SEC Network. Arkansas takes on Texas A&M at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the ESPN. NIU versus Kentucky at 7 on ESPN2. New Mexico versus LSU at 7.30 p.m. Vandy takes on Alabama at 7.30 p.m. Again, Vandy may as well just stay on the bus.
0: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We're going to talk about it in a second. And then Charlotte.
1: Takes on South Carolina at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. U.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think we both got the same four picks here. Pretty much, I believe so. My first pick, Missouri and Auburn. Second pick, Florida, Tennessee. Third pick, Arkansas, A&M. Fourth pick, Charlotte, South Carolina. Exact same picks. The reason I got this Missouri-Auburn is my first pick is because – I'm just trying to find out who's worse. Who's in worse shape, and I hate, I hate to say it like that, but
1: train versus dumpster fire.
0: Missouri's defense has been absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Auburn's offense has been absolutely horrendous. So that should make for a very interesting matchup mm-hmm. in itself. I just – I don't – I don't know on that one. Florida, Tennessee, you got to watch this one. I mean, you got number 20 in the nation taking on number 11.
1: In a rivalry game, really.
0: Oh, it's definitely a rivalry. There is no love lost whatsoever between Florida and Tennessee. And it's going to be a good matchup because it's going to be interesting to see can Florida get their offense back on track because they started off looking real hot. And then they ran into that buzzsaw we call Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Richardson had a rough game. And then last week had another game following it. Yeah. Did not look too good in. Yeah, Issues with turnovers. And Tennessee, it's just going to be interesting to see how their defense holds up. That was a concern last year's defense. But so far this season, they've been playing fairly tough. And it's going to be interesting to see this matchup for sure. And it could very well... This could very well be the difference in the number three spot in the SEC. Well, between number two and number three. I think Tennessee-Kentucky is going to be a great game down the road. Mm-hmm. My third game, Arkansas-Texas A&M. The reason I picked this one is you got number 10 playing number 23. A&M came off that win last weekend against Miami. Hopefully it helps their confidence. Hopefully they can figure out their offensive woes. The Arkansas defense definitely has some holes in that defense they have got to fix. Mm-hmm. They struggled pretty bad last week against the FCS school. Nearly pissed that whole game away. So It's going to be interesting to see if they can get this thing corrected. Because Arkansas, man, I would love to see them make a run at Bama for that number one spot. But this game could most definitely... Be for the number two spot in the SEC West without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte, South Carolina, my reason for picking both of these two. These this game between these two teams is simply very similar to the Virginia Tech West Virginia situation. South Carolina's offense has been a train wreck. Their defense has not played good. Charlotte just beat Georgia State this past weekend. They gave Carolina an absolute fit in week one. Charlotte's supposed to have the worst defense in college football. But they actually have a very good offense. Mm -hmm. So it's going to test Carolina's defense to see if South Carolina's defense is legit and Georgia and Arkansas was just that good. Or South Carolina got a lot of issues. And nonetheless, it's going to tell you this week right here is going to be 100% 100% The telltale sign On offense If you're making progress or not
1: Yeah No I do Hardly agree with you man Everything that you just said About all four of these games man Like you said Auburn, Missouri Train wreck Versus dumpster fire Tennessee versus Florida I mean either of these teams Could go on Catch fire And play with Georgia Arkansas versus Texas AM. I mean, Arkansas could very well be the team that can knock off Alabama this year in the West. Texas AM could very well, too, with the talent that they got on paper. But can they put it together? USC versus Charlotte. Like you said, man, just see if South Carolina can get back on track. See what they can play with. What you got for scores?
0: Alright, scores. Missouri-Auburn. This game's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be ugly. You're going to want to change channel five or six different times because you're (laughs) going to be so frustrated for both teams. But Auburn has got issues. Mm -hmm. They got serious issues down there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The quarterback play has been very far from stellar this season you got a great running back in Tank Bigsby, but you're doing running back by committee this year offense is just struggling as a whole and you just have way too many turnovers and it's just not been disciplined football whatsoever and then you had that absolute blowout to Penn State last week that's not good for kids confidence right? Missouri I believe got a win this past weekend but Two weeks ago, they got completely blown out by Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. And they gave up a ton of rushing yards. What's Auburn good at? Rushing the ball. Running the ball. So, with this game, it's going to be, like I said, very ugly. It's going to be fairly close. But I have Missouri actually taking this one, 31-21. I think Auburn just turns the ball over way too much. Wow.
1: I've actually got something completely opposite. I think Auburn figures out how to run the ball against this Missouri defense. Gets Tank Bigsby going. I've got Auburn winning this game in a close one, 23-20.
0: It could very well go that way, but as this game comes down to who's got the better quarterback, I'm going Missouri all the way. I,
1: I, I can agree with that.
0: I really can't. Right. What you got for that Florida-Tennessee game, Bo?
1: Florida-Tennessee. This Tennessee offense is potent. Defense isn't as bad as what I thought they would be coming into the season. Florida's still got some things to figure out. They can be good. It just depends on which team shows up. I've got Tennessee winning 40-33. to 33.
0: I like it. I like it. High score and a fair. Keep it exciting. Mm -hmm. This game here, Anthony Richardson took a shot a couple weeks ago. He has not been the same player since, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Florida has not been able to run the ball consistently enough to keep them in ball games like you would like to see. Their defense does fly around. But I think Tennessee has just enough defense to keep Anthony Richardson in check. Mm -hmm. They're going to slow this Florida offense down. Billy Napier is more of a grind it out kind of guy. Right. And Tennessee is all gas, no brakes. Right. So I got Tennessee taking this one
1: 35-20. I like it. Very well could go that way. Let's look at the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. All right. Texas A&M. Did get a win last week, get back on the right track. They still show a lot of holes in that defense. Offense still has a lot of questions <coughs> to me. Arkansas did play a close game, but I think it was mostly sleepwalking through, looking forward to Texas AM. You can't do that, but I give the benefit of the doubt to Arkansas here. Arkansas wins this game in a defining fashion, 34 17.
0: We're very close on now. Very similar things you said. This Texas a m defense is a very good defense, very good, to say the least. But what concerns me is Miami's greatest success last week was running the ball. And Arkansas, you got KJ Jefferson, the quarterback, big physical guy. He can throw the ball, but he can run it like Cam Newton. Very tough to bring down. Then you got that running back number five. It's like the ghost of Darren, McF- Darren McFadden, except we're not going to say ghost because Darren's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but something about number five running backs in Arkansas, terrifying. Yeah. And it's just going to be a bad matchup for this Texas a defense. And Arkansas's defense has a lot of holes, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, AM has not been able to put it together offensively. So, I got Arkansas taking us on 27-17. Close, close. What you got for the South Carolina game, brother? All right, once again. South Carolina's offense, we're three weeks in, and I still don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Defense. Defense is what won you that first game of the season. Since then, the defense has not been able to stop a cold, but they have played two of the best offenses in the entire country.
1: Not to mention the injuries.
0: And they have been ripped by injuries. It's going to depend a lot on if they can get these guys back healthy and then the lineup. Hopefully, even with backups, they should be able to put some away. I got South Carolina taking Charlotte 41-17, hopefully. <sighs>
1: I hope that happens. For the life of me, I hope that happens. South Carolina gets back on track. But I think we're going to be riddled again with some what-the-hell type of moments. I've still got South Carolina winning this game. I think it's going to be a 24-17
0: game. That is not pretty. That is not pretty at all.
1: No. Well, hopefully, hopefully
0: I'll be right and you'll be wrong. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> all right, well, with all this being said, Bubba, hopefully I'm not overlooking nothing this time. No. You got I anything think, else you want to add? I think we're good to go. All right. And I do apologize earlier for forgetting about the SEC. How in the hell I did that, I don't know. It's been a long day, guys. It's been a very long day. But long week. As always, we appreciate you all tuning in. Share it with your friends, subscribe, follow us, like us, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever one you want to look at, we're first in goal. And until next time, keep those drinks cold, and let's keep those chains moving.